Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
My hand is not mine, and it's waiting to touch you. Vast and unseen power glided through the darkness around me, its presence indicated through intuition more so than sensation. It took up nearly all the vast cavern system that had been repurposed into a theater of the future, a theater whose sights were glimpsed for a steep price. Whereas those who had come to sup upon the future paid with their longevity, I was still waiting on what the projectionist would have of me for my perusal of a more contemporary film. If offered one that starred the inimitable Dylan Wicked himself. The answer came quickly enough as another movie, or a brief selection of one, appeared upon the sprawling silver screen. Elizabeth, when can I see you again? The future is a tricky beast, Howard, and I have no crystal ball on which to trap it. Perhaps tomorrow. Perhaps never. No. I must see you again. I must. I'll do anything, go anywhere, overcome anything. You're wasting your time thinking on the future. We're together, here, right now. All the present requires of us is that we have eyes to see with. So you would have my eyes, huh? It's a reasonable price, I suppose. To be completely honest, I could luckily do well enough without them, as I'm frequently called upon to do my work in the pitchest black. Yet, I think I will keep mine, if only as a gift bestowed me by my bygone mother and father. My eyes, and the rest of what comprises me, were the only bubbles they had to give stricken by abject poverty as they were. You may also be interested to know that it was that very state of deprivation that caused me to steal my way into and out of many a picture show. Why, I must have robbed hundreds of theaters of their expensive sights, and never once was I caught. So, this might be more of a reckoning than merely a matter of reciprocity. Whatever lurked the dark spaces of the underground theater, the spiral kept me one step beyond it, until it didn't. The light of the projector was no longer leveled at the screen, but was turned directly onto my face, my eyes burning from their brilliance. Shielding them with my hands did nothing. As the light was so bright it shone through my skin and around my bones. But the pain of my eyes was the least of my worries. The projector wasn't merely trying to blind me, but steal my story. Perhaps make a movie out of me. Apparently, the cost of my eyes was no longer sufficient to pay my bill. I wondered if it was indeed a reckoning, and the projectionist was avenging my many unpaid trips to the theater. If so, I was glad I hadn't mentioned all the popcorn I'd stolen from countless concession stands. 
What else might it attempt to extract from me? I could feel a burning gaze fall across my past, focusing all the brighter upon those events that defined me. <laughs> my highlight reel, I guess you could say. A spotlight engulfed the moment I determined my ultimate course. When as a child, I sought out the man who had me beaten for attempting to pick his pocket. His entourage was merciless as they cracked my bones and bruised my flesh. The man turned out to be quite wealthy, lifted upon the shoulders of society for no particular reason, save that he was born into a family of means, and not scoundrels who pilfered pockets for pennies. The spotlight moved to the scene in which I dealt with the man, where I stood next to his bloodied, dying form, his castle of a house burning all around us, when I stuffed his wallet deep into his throat, the very item I'd been beaten for trying to snatch. Even more important than the justice I'd imparted was the moment I felt the outrage of the world, having stuck one of its prized pigs. I soaked it in like a greedy little sponge. The fire might well have been a manifestation of its indignation. I wanted nothing more than to live in that moment forever. As the spotlight sought out a new destination along the continuum of my life, and as my eyes seemed like they'd explode from the radiance, I withdrew deeper into the spiral, my corkscrewing course taking me beyond the blinding light. While the damage to my eyes was likely only temporary, I was nonetheless quite blind in the moment. But as I'd boasted previously, I was in no real need of them. You failed to alight upon another crucial stage of my development, projectionist. When first I put careful steps upon the spiral, when I learned to walk a winding course behind the world, to poach its fattest pigs, and... Just as importantly, how I used it to escape after I'd finished, when all the squealing was done. As such, and despite all this darkness you've covered me in, I never forget where the exits are. In moments, I'd retraced my course into the subterranean theater, my eyes recovering for my brief time in the spiral. I paused once I was on the other side of a few strong sunbeams that played across the polished, carved stone. Turning around to face the theater, I'd just escaped. I saw only the cold stone in the darkness that replaced the previous torchlight. Again, my intuition did the work of my pricking senses, and I could feel the indignant presence of yet another jilted proprietor. I don't know how much longer your theater can survive the light of the real world, but if you intend to stay in business, you really ought invest in a few ushers, or perhaps collect your fee at the door. After all, you should know by now, not all who wish to hear the piper's tune intend to pay his price. Regardless, I do thank you for the insights. They'll prove quite useful, no doubt. Having survived my second scrape with a generally inanimate structure, I turned to go about my business, but not before the projectionist would have his final words. Well, Black Bart, I hope being stranded out here in the middle of nowhere teaches you a lesson, because it'll be a while before you get a chance to get the drop on me again. 
Oh, I'll learn a lesson all right, and I'll be sure to teach you one when next we meet. You're an insistent creature, Projectionist. But honestly, I have no quarrel with you. You cheat the world of its surprises and secrets, which I can only admire. But if you insist on avenging yourself over the price of a few shows, which weren't all that great to begin with, so be it. Be warned, however. I'm not so easy to see coming as the future. You may regret choosing me for an enemy. I could have just walked around the big golden city with jutting towers, but I was hungry. Sure, I could subsist indefinitely on hunting and foraging, both of which I excelled at. But whenever feasible, I chose to eat like a king, or beside one, usually while he bled out at the sight of me stuffing myself at his ultimate expense. Refusing myself luxury was merely fulfilling the will of the world, which I am loath to do. Granted, I rarely desire the luxuries I kill for, but I can't suffer the world believing I'm going without on behalf of its preference for the privileged. However, in the case of food, fine food, I do find myself enjoying a good meal. And if there was a feast to be found, it was most likely inside the golden city of pillars and towers. Now. The big city almost certainly partook of the post-waking madness of whatever had befallen the world. But it also appeared quite extravagant, which might indicate an occupant or occupants of equally extravagant means. And since nearly all persons of high station are stuffed with souls of trash and thus undeserving of all they've come by, I was unwilling to pass it by for a safer route. While I had almost blitheringly fallen prey to both the house and the theater, here I would plan a much more thoughtful approach. Though, I was beginning to delight in the random dangers of the new world. Before the awakening, I'd cursed Dylan for a fool, what with his risk-taking and such. But now I could see the fun in it, if for completely different reasons. Prior to the current madness of things, the world hid behind its chosen few, rewarding fools for nothing more than birthright or some other form of privileged happenstance. Yet this new configuration of things was far more blatant in its imbalance, the world seeming to take a far more direct hand in raising fools and fostering cruelty. I developed only two theories that might explain it all. The first, persons such as myself, finally managed to loosen the grip of the world, forcing it to more brazenly exercise its intrinsic inequity. In the second, the world had finally accrued the requisite pain and suffering to enable a higher level of wanton cruelty. But there might have been a third, however less formed, theory. I'd never truly named the force that infests us with such depravity or even the thing we become when we realize the horrors of what we truly are. I call it the world, as I have no other name I can think of. The label merely references the ubiquitous drive governing all living things, 
makes us monsters to one another. It thrives mostly within the rich, who, when money and power removes all external restrictions, the common barriers of consequence become fully realized human beings, predatory gluttons. The world gives itself to these people, primarily because they are born empty, just hollow containers to be filled with the worst the human condition has to offer. Upon their transformation into reasonable approximations of pigs, they become perfectly fit for a world of mindless excess. They have no resistance to themselves, and so the world becomes them, lets them take and take and take, until nothing's left. However, pigs have no choice in what they become, no will to refuse their darkest impulses. Thus, my killing is aimed only at the world, the nameless thing that grants this horrible nature of ours. Conversely, to refuse the sway of our inner nature, to transcend it, to mock it, is to defy the world. So, I eat its food, read its books, drive its cars, kill its children. Because I am not the monster I was meant to be, I am the monster I chose to become. All of this brings me to that possibility of a third theory, and why I was finally beginning to enjoy myself. Perhaps the world had grown tired of its prior, less direct methods. Perhaps, for whatever reason, it was no longer content to hide only within the belly of pigs, but now strode out in the open, where it could be confronted more directly where it became houses and movie theaters and skin-shedding cities and God knew what else. Whatever the reason, the game seemed to have changed. I was now able to engage my enemy in the street, under the earth, and perhaps even within a massive golden city. Like Wicked, my immediacy, my every decision was filled with the possibility of defying the order of things. At long last, I was beginning to understand that ridiculous, ubiquitous grin of his. Nearly every moment of my life is played like a game, which is defined by several routes to whatever the prize might be. Wisdom, murder, <laughs> eating. I isolate the given context, as if the task at hand were all that existed within the universe the elements of its execution forming the physics of the newly sealed off universe. Then I walk the spiral, the optimal path to success. I add up the variables, weigh consequences, and maintain invisibility. Foolishly, I'd wandered a bit from that path since my awakening, perhaps too overconfident in the powers of a new and far more potent spiral. But the world had changed as well almost forcing the winding way to strengthen itself to keep pace. The margins for error had narrowed, and so the spiral winds all the wider and deeper. I'd been lucky thus far, but if I had any real desire to see the larger game won, I would need to return to my previous levels of diligence and guile. By the time I'd reached a clearing, affording me my first complete look at the city, a storm had gathered overhead, the golden sheen of my destination defying the gray beginning to surround it. But for a few random trees, my view was clear. 
The place seems smaller than I'd guessed. Its dispersed towers suggesting more city than was actually present. Now it seemed little more than crowds of structures bowing at the feet of several soaring towers. Staying to the edge of the tree line, I made my way closer. But as I went along, my view of the city was occasionally broken by hills and thickets I'd not seen from earlier vantages. And each time I'd renew my view of the place, it seemed even less spectacular than my previous glimpse. It was the madness of the awakening again, or what was left of it at any rate. It occurred to me that the oddities of the new world might settle down with time, as certain features of the theater might have been signposts. For one, its semi-solid projector had all but disappeared by the time I'd encountered it. And then there was its sphere of light, this fact likely owing to the inability of fantastic things to withstand the full scrutiny of the sun. Perhaps the current situation was but a fading menace, the shrinking memory of a collective nightmare. If true, that would mean the world hadn't, in fact, changed the game, after all. It might have only fallen asleep and was now in the process of shaking off the cobwebs. Regrettably, such wider calculations were beyond me. Even the spiral had its limits. My next look at the city only confirmed my suspicions. It was changing as I drew closer. In place of the previous golden towers hovered a collection of much shorter concrete pylons. A group of red brick houses now worrying at their gray feet. It was time for me to make good on my previous vow, to let wisdom conquer wonder. Moving away from the city, I could feel a force tugging at me, trying to push me back upon my prior course, back into the orbit of something sinister and waiting, no doubt. Soon, it became less of a brute force and more of a clever illusion, attempting to confuse my path away for the path towards it. But the spiral was not fooled, and I navigated its misdirection easily enough. Finally, after I'd sufficiently evidenced my skill at escaping it, the force relented altogether. Cresting a tall hill that would put the city out of sight entirely, I took one last look back. The place was even larger and more beautiful than when I'd first witnessed it. It was a splendid trap indeed. And I couldn't say that I regretted testing its metal. But Dylan was waiting for me and I knew just how impatient the lunatic could be. I was ambivalent towards rain. On the one hand, it could be refreshing, almost cathartic. And on the other hand, it could turn the world into a wet, sopping mess. All summed, I could take or leave the stuff. But on that particular night, as I waded through a tall grass prairie, I would rather have left it. The rain was turning everything to mud, which only slowed my pace, and combined with the fact that I was practically starving, the whole thing made for a particularly unlikable situation. After about an hour of trudging through the elements, I was delighted by the smell of roasting meats. It took only a few additional steps to spy the source of the feast. A small ranch atop the next rise. It was a dilapidated structure, probably something that had been abandoned years ago. Stalking closer, 
I spied the shape of several horses hitched to a post just outside the building, and I could see the orange dapple of firelight illuminating the innards of the ranch. The riders had apparently raised a fire in whatever was left of the hearth, drying off and enjoying a fine meal, no doubt. I could only hope they'd brought enough food for guests, because they were about to have company. Red Mother is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Stephen Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 